Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, so I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? And even though, obviously, the oldest and the most fragile will die the most in a situation like this, it doesn't mean you did it the right way. The only thing well, I would caution Trump. you about. You're knocking Trump because of the total numbers. I'm not knocking not, Trump, I'm because, not, Trump because he's not doing. Hold on. 53.3% of the deaths. 0.6% of the population. Frank. Bottom line, that's a f***ing sack and nobody's talking about. Frank, watch, watch your mouth oh. on television. But Sorry, sir. Don't Sorry. worry about it. Don't worry about Come it. on, man. Come on, Frank. Watch your mouth. An excellent, excellent uh, Andrew Cuomo 360 or whatever his show was called last night. Man, I loved it. I loved it, this segment. So he had these, these two guys. You've probably heard about them. They've been all over Fox News. These two gym owners in... Um, in New Jersey, who opened their gym when they weren't supposed to, and first the cops let them do it, and then and the cops had to arrest them, and then they boarded the, the cops boarded the place up, and these guys just recently uh, just kicked in the doors. They're pretty like jacked dudes, you know, and they kicked in the doors, and they're they're fighting the power. And so Chris Cuomo had him on, and <laughs> I loved it. I loved the segment. It was three. Rarely do you have three muscle bound. Uh, Pseudo intellectuals uh, stage some a such a summit in front of the world, and it was excellent. There was some bonding happening there. I'm sorry. Sometimes there's parts of Chris Cuomo. Sometimes I like him. I like I like certain Chris Cuomo. I like Chris. I like this is a Chris Cuomo I like. Oh, punk ass from the right call me Fredo. My name is Chris Cuomo. I'm an anchor on CNN. Oh, you're much Fredo is from the Godfather. He was a weak brother. Isn't that your And they brother, use though? it as an Italian aspersion. Any of you Italian? That's right. That's the Chris Cuomo I like. And we'll get to some of that stuff. Him with the uh, with the with the dudes from the gym. Guy named Frank, who should be a legend. Really, if CNN was smart, they'd put Frank in there with Chris as his uh, co-host. But there's other stuff going on. 
Sally Yates was up on Capitol Hill today. She was testifying essentially about the uh, Mueller report, the, the Flynn stuff, etc. Sally Yates was the acting attorney general after Loretta Lynch stepped down at the end of the Obama administration. And um, there were some interesting things to come out of t- today. First of all, I guess I guess the, the big legit piece of news is that she absolutely threw Comey under the bus. So on January 5th of 2017, Yates and Joe Biden and Jim Comey and Barack Obama and some others had this meeting in the Oval Office. And <clears throat> essentially Obama was worried about whether he could share information with Michael Flynn, who was coming in as, I think, the acting DNI, the acting intelligence uh, czar for the for the White House. And, and Obama was worried if they, if they could trust him because he'd gotten word – we assume from Comey, that uh, Flynn was uh, crooked and mixed up with the Russians. And Obama, in fact, knew all about a phone call that Flynn had with uh, Kislyak, who was, the, uh, who, was the, who, worked, who was at the Russian consulate in D.C., in which Flynn had asked, had said, hey, don't retaliate against the sanctions that Obama has put on right now uh, because we can start, the new administration can start fresh in a couple of weeks when we're up and running. And so they just, the Obama administration, Obama took this personally and was very offended. And his, his feeling was that he had some more time as president and there can't be two presidents at the same time. So they used this uh, stuff on Flynn and they sent a couple of agents to talk to Flynn about the, about the phone call and about the Russians. Flynn had no idea they were investigating me at the, at the time. So he shot the breeze with the agents. The agents used the chat that they had without going through the White House legal counsel, which is a protocol. The agents had the chat with Flynn and used everything he said and put it up against a transcript that they had while they were wiretapping him because he had been unmasked so many times. Uh, and they found uh, um, inconsistencies. And, of course, that means that Flynn lied to the FBI and he was dead to rights. They really they entrapped him, really. And that all that stuff's been thrown out now. But uh, Lindsey Graham did a good job today. He asks... Uh, so one of the things that was happening was there is this rumor that during that January 5th meeting that Joe Biden was suggesting that they use the Logan Act, which is kind of a foreign uh, influence act that, that doesn't – it never really materialized into something that was ever used as a legal tool. Tool, But there is a rumor that Joe Biden was talking about that act, and I think there's uh, – that some eyewitnesses say that he was – but she essentially says, no, 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 that wasn't him. That was somebody else. Oh, um, hold on. Uh, there's something else I wanted to have. Here we go. I have a vague memory of Director Comey mentioning the Logan Act. Okay, what I'm was he mentioning sure. the Logan Act think- about? Throws Comey under the bus. She says that she didn't hear... Uh, Biden say anything. She barely remember him, which is her running cover for Biden. Or maybe Biden didn't say anything. You know, there are two sides of this thing. But by the other other testimony so far sold us that Biden did say something. But she's running cover for for Biden right now. Throws Comey under the bus, and Patrick Leahy, the senator from Vermont, steps in here for a second. We all know this guy, a guy like this. What context? Well, that's. I'm not sure if he mentioned that in the Oval Office meeting or in. What do you think about the Mr. Chairman, let her answer the question. Just because it's a woman testifying doesn't mean she has to be cut off. Yeah, thanks a lot, Senator Lee. I really appreciate that. You're very constructive. 
Yeah, what a total just I I'm not going to use it. I'm not I'm Joe Biden like now. I shouldn't say it. I shouldn't. Well, we all know a guy like that who like puts on this uh, this fraudulent uh performance usually in front of a woman and, and it's, you know, let the, unless it's about a woman. That, that's great. Okay, we're going to play that game right now. Thanks a lot. Um so there is one there's one interesting takeaway that Yates even though she covers for for Biden in this testimony, throws Comey under the bus. At one point, I don't think I have it, but I should. I'm such a jerk. I should have it. Maybe I do. At one point, she says, uh, at one point, uh, Lindsey Graham asks her if Biden, if um, Comey went rogue, and she said yes. But I somehow don't think I grabbed that. Hold on. Maybe I did. We get to find out together. You would hope that I would have grabbed this anyway, right? Do we have this rogue, 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 rogue? Uh, okay, here we go. Counterintelligence investigation of the Trump campaign's potential um, uh, relationship with the Russians. That makes no sense. On January the 4th, they recommend to drop Flynn. They mentioned the Logan Act, and you advised against prosecuting the Logan Act. Is that true? We never made an official decision about whether we were going to do it, but I think it was unlikely, certainly unlikely, that we would pursue prosecution. And, that and, was not our primary yeah, concern. Yeah. It was not so, a look-at violation. It was a counterintelligence concern. Okay, here's what I want to understand. It's a counterintelligence investigation that led to the interview. You didn't authorize the interview. As a matter of fact, you wanted to go to the White House and tell them about the problem, didn't you? That's right. I did. I thought that that was the more immediate issue. And when you when, when you heard about the interview, you got upset, didn't you? I was upset that Director Comey didn't coordinate that with us and acted unilaterally. Yes, I was. Okay. Did Comey go rogue? Then you could use that term. Yes. Here you go. Ouch. Yeah, tough day for Jim Comey up there. So the other thing was, somehow George Papadopoulos—sorry, George Papadopoulos—comes up again, and poor George. Here's some new. Either this was a falsity that she threw out there, either she was wrong, or this is a new revelation, or she made it up. But oh man, are you saying that Mr. Papadopoulos met with Russians on behalf of the campaign? I am saying that Mr. Papadopoulos is—I is, believe you know, Senator Graham—was approached by an individual who was associated. No, that's not with my question. Is there any evidence Mr. Papadopoulos met with Russians on behalf of the campaign? Mr. Papadopoulos was a foreign policy advisor for the campaign and met with an individual. See, Mr. Papadopoulos. So far, she's she's um, swirling around the sink. In a moment, she's gonna she's gonna take her shot. Was he? I'll mix more metaphors as the show goes on. Charged with colluding with the Russians. Senator Graham, you're. you're Forgetting about the context and the timing. Now, what, uh, what I don't want to do, with all due respect, is that the Mueller report is out. Nobody got indicted, and we're not going to go after these people twice and su suggest that they're treasonous. Because in the Papadopoulos transcribed interviews he didn't know about, he said to work with the Russians would be treason. I would never do that. I just don't want to bring these people back up and suggest they did something they didn't do. Uh, Senator, I did not mention treason with Mr. Papadopoulos at all. And as I think you know, while yes, when there, he talked to a, a confidential human source, he denied this. But we now know that the information that he provided to the foreign intelligence official 
um, but, and in August so was absolutely correct. He was getting Is he a Russian agent? Was he a Russian agent? He was he was connected with Russian intelligence. Really? <laughs> Man, that's a new revelation. It was a new revelation. That is shocking to know that, uh, you know, but he, there's no proof of that whatsoever. And he did rebuff attempts at um, to work with the Russians. You know, they threw people at him, but but for to no avail. But. Wow, that's a little bit of smack talk or a smokescreen or whatever, but it was interesting, you know. These things are so are so rarely you watch them like I watch them. These things these hearings are rarely good. And certainly during the Trump administration they've been more exciting, especially when you think have things like Kavanaugh. But they weren't uh they weren't all exci- that exciting. I don't think they were that all that exciting in during Obama. Well, up Benghazi was during Bush there was some more stuff. Speaking of Bush, Condi Rice is uh, back. She was uh, interviewed. I don't know where she was interviewed, actually. I should. I don't know. But she was interviewed somewhere. Anyway, I got this from the blaze. She was interviewed somewhere, and they asked her about systemic racism. Now, Condi Rice, I think, is one of the most brilliant people who's ever been in politics, and I adore her. I would love – if Joe Biden picked Condi Rice as her as his running mate right now, I would have to vote for that ticket in a second, actually, probably. Um, I used to, I, let's see, I qualified it like Trump. Actually, probably, they tell me. So uh, so here's Condi Rice in this interview, and she's asked about systemic racism. Is there systemic racism? I mean, is, is this something we should, we should conclude that there is a systemic racism problem? Well, I would like to have a better definition of systemic racism so that we can actually address it. Um, you know, we have a tendency to throw terms around, and then uh, we don't really know what they mean. So if by that we mean that there is something in the system that is part of the explanation for the persistent, the stubborn uh, achievement gap between black students and white students, even when you control for economic conditions. Something's in the system that's causing that. By the way, this is she's talking to Peter Baker of the New York Times during the Aspen Security Forum. Keep going, Connie. Uh, Connie. Because I don't actually believe that black kids are inherently less intelligent somehow. So something in the system is causing that. Uh, we know that um, in certain neighborhoods, policing looks different than it looks in other neighborhoods. And because of economic circumstances, those neighborhoods tend to be more minority than not. Is that something in the system? Yes, that's something in the system. But I think we have to break it down because, um, you know, Peter, I'm, I'm someone who believes very much that we, were, we had a birth defect at founding. Slavery was a birth defect. And it still has an impact. Uh, when I hear people say, oh, I want us to be colorblind. No, I actually don't think we're ever going to be. I don't really care if we're colorblind. But I would like to get to the place that when you see somebody who is black, you don't have preconceived notions of what they're capable of, who they are. The great Condoleezza Rice. I love her. I think she's fantastic and a brilliant person. I wish she'd, I wish she'd be around a little bit more. And yesterday we hit on the hearing uh, in the Senate that um, essentially took uh, into brought focus into focus the Portland riots. And the chaos in Portland. And we played this audio yesterday. And this is 
Maisie Hirono tells us what she feels is at the root of the violence in Portland. President Trump has ignored factual evidence showing that white supremacists have hijacked peaceful protests to incite violence and stoke racial conflict, such as in Minneapolis. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Maisie. So during this hearing, T- Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, tried to get Hirono repeatedly to, in all of the Democrats, to to condemn Antifa, which, of course, they didn't. And at one point, Maisie Hirono then, she said she, you know, grabs the mic or she takes her time and said she's essentially had enough of this. I am out of here. So all I can see is, look, we should all join hands and and denouncing and uh, (laughs) whatever words you want to use about violent extremism of all stripes. And I think we can all agree on that. So it's to constantly accuse Democrats of not caring about that is re- really, uh, I, I, I can only say that you, you you aren't listening. So I hope this is... She just looked over at Ted Cruz, who's doing something, you know, on his phone or something. The end of this hearing, Mr. Chairman, and that we don't have to listen to any more of your rhetorical speeches. Thank you very much. I'm leaving. Well, I appreciate the, as always, kind and uplifting words of Senator Hirono. And I would also note that throughout her remarks, she still did not say a negative word about Antifa, nor has any Democrat here. Uh, They instead engage in a political game where they depend. You're welcome to say something negative about Antifa right now. I think that I've covered the subject quite well. You are not listening. Okay. She declined to speak, so that is the position of the Democratic Party. I would note also that of the seven Democratic senators who spoke, Not a one of them apologized for or denounced multiple Democrats calling law enforcement officers Nazis, stormtroopers and Gestapo, to be fair. I don't have not heard the word Nazi, but stormtrooper was Nancy Pelosi and Gestapo was another Democratic leader. That is less than helpful. I thank each of the witnesses for your testimony. Um, I thank you. Here we go. Things are getting a little more exciting over there. Maisie Hirono is. Uh, I just. I find her to be uh, unstable. You can say what you want about Ted Cruz. I'm not. I'm not a huge Ted Cruz guy either. But, uh, but uh, she is ridiculous and just vile and completely intellectually corrupt and um, ignorant and an opportunist. She's. She's on the fringe with the with the um, squad people, essentially. Hey, remember? Remember a year? No, not remember a year. Remember a month ago. When Doug McElway from Fox News asked Joe Biden if um, if he was going to get the cognitive test, the same you know the the one that Trump was talking about with the uh, you know horses and wolves etc., he asked him if he'd get this test. McElway was clever and he couched it in a very personal term. You are subject to some degree of cognitive decline. I'm 65. I don't have word recollection that I used to have. I forget my train of thought from time to time. You got 12 years on me, sir. Are, have you been tested for some degree of cognitive decline? I've been tested and I'm constantly tested. Look, all you, all I got to do is watch me and I can hardly wait to compare my cognitive capability to the cognitive capability of the man I'm running against. Thank you so much. Thank you. He can hardly wait. That's why the the uh, the campaign is dodging requests from the Trump campaign for more debates. The Trump campaign wants more debates. There's mail-in voting 
would start weeks before the debate. So the Trump campaign is saying, hey, the, the people should be able to hear this thing happen. And they're dodging. But Biden said he gets tested all the time. He has cognitive tests all the time. Well, that would be a worrying thing, too, that the fact that the people around you think that you need cognitive tests all the time, but that's fine. Well, yesterday, Errol Barnett, who's a reporter for CNN, he had one of these uh, interviews with Biden in the uh, Zoom interview in Biden's uh, cloistered. It is a state in Delaware. And he follows up on that question. Please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say? Are you a junkie? Errol, Bar- Errol Barnett, by the way, is a black man. I'm not sure if this is kosher. To President Trump. Biden there, when he's laughing, he's full doubled over laughing, full chompers showing laughing. Who brags about his test and makes your mental state an issue no, for voters. Well... If he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I I, I know you're trying to goad me, but I mean, I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity. We're all forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. Come on, man. That's like saying you before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think? Huh? Are are you a junkie? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, everybody who wonders if you're all right is a junkie. But this is, I, I, t- t- to be honest, I mean, this is, Trump stepped in it with the Vice interview because it was a good interview, but it was a long interview, long form, and the Vice guy, Jonathan Swan, is very good. And he was pinning Trump down on facts and figures, and P- Trump throws a lot of flim-flam around and a lot of smack talk around. So it was tough. For Trump, you know, he handed the guy, he handed Swan graphs and things like that. But that kind of interviews is tough, especially when somebody goes in with precision and skill and knows that they can corner you on something. And that you can say the Chris Wallace thing, even though I liked Trump in the Chris, Chris Wallace interview. You know, that's tough. Those are hour-long interviews, though, with two of the best in the game. Those guys are really good. Joe Biden has these short, short uh, form interviews. A few times a week, and every time he does it, there's a there's an embarrassing, if not sad, takeaway. Every time he does one of these things, he steps in it. He's lost. He uh, he he cannot articulate or find the words that he's looking for. Every time, so the one of the the they just canceled today. They just canceled the uh, the. Um, What's it called? The uh, convention, the Democratic convention. So he's going to stay there in, in Delaware. They don't want him out and about. And it's obviously, in recent weeks, you can't, this guy, he doesn't have it together. We can't rebuild our economy and meet this climate crisis. But why should heard. people want to make a change, though? Well, that's up to them to decide. Why should they? It's for them to decide. We'll make your case. I'm not going to. No, yeah, uh, Mr. Vice President. You're running for president. This is your opportunity to talk to people. Make your case. No, don't vote for me then. No, hell with it. President Trump should stop tweeting and start doing something about it, damn it. And stop going out and talking about these crazy woman he talked about last night about who's an absolute disgrace saying things and tweeting that anyway. It just, 
We just right. need some intelligence. The crazy woman who's a disgrace is a black woman physician from Texas. I don't know if she's crazy. I don't know if she's not crazy. Who knows? But Jesus, Biden's pretty outraged by her. But you know, in the 2020 census, which is now two censuses ago. <laughs> these are just these are just the last few days. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Kingswood Community Center. Actually, that's the one down I used to work. That's a joke. You know where we were anyway. <laughs> Good joke. Good joke. Jesus. That's the place where he used to work, what, in 1913 or something? He worked there? I don't know. This is this is tough. There have been – the Republicans got a little bit of good news with some of the primaries that just happened. Um, that could be a positive bellwether. Who knows? Biden's still winning in the polling. But the moment this – the moment – first of all, the moment he picks a running mate, unless it's an extraordinary person that we haven't talked about, I think that Trump makes up half the distance. And then the moment he has to go out there and talk and do long-form interviews, I mean, this it could – the whole thing could could break down. What are seeming seemingly easy interviews, Biden takes as personal affronts. He forgets why he's there. All he knows is that some some dude's hassling him, as if he's sitting at the corner booth in Friendlies, and some guy came unannounced and, and is jawing at him. He seems to forget that he's in an interview. He goes at people. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see Take you. Take a look at my record, man. I extended the voting racks 25 years. I have a record that is second to none. The NAACP has endorsed me every time I've run. The war, I mean, come on. Take a look at the record. Now, I've been critical of you. Um, I, I have a few things I want to talk to you about. This I know day. you have. Yeah. You don't know me. Jesus. Calm down, man. So you're arguably the candidate with the greatest advantage in this race. You've been the vice president. You weren't burdened down by the impeachment trials. So <laughs> in the participation. So how do you explain the performance in Iowa, and why should the voters believe that you can win the national election? Iowa's a Democratic caucus. You ever been to a caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lion dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were, but you're... Now you gotta be honest. I'm gonna be honest with you. I know more than most people know. And I can get things done. That's why I'm running. And you wanna check my shape on, let's do push-ups together, man. Let's do let's run. Let's do whatever you wanna do. Jesus. No one has said my son has done anything wrong, and I did not on any occasion. And no one has ever said it. Not I didn't one. say you were doing anything wrong. I you said, said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? I Get your word straight, Jack. <laughs> but I we hear on the on MSNBC. You don't hear that in MSNBC. No, no, you did not hear that. But you heard. No, Look, you okay, I'm not going to get an argument with you, man. No, no, I don't want to. Well, yeah, you do, but. Uh, Look, 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 here's the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> it looks, it looks like here's the deal. That's fine. Here's the deal. Thank you, Mr. Vice President. Uh, how are you going to get a good deal? There's a lot of things that are going to be doing. There are young enthusiasts, and you are actively trying to manage your second right? 
to the guy who said, the guy says he's at the auto plant, and I, I didn't clean that up, I'm sorry. He says, you're trying to take away your Second Amendment rights. He and says, you're full of bleep. He later tells the guy they should go outside to fight. That's not, hello, who's that? I have a child. One child or another is uh, trying to break the door open. If you agree with me, go to Joe 30330 and help me in this fight. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? You- <laughs> Jesus. So we'll see what happens. They're going to have to at some point bring him up. In the um, in the Heritage uh, Foundation, uh, Ryan Anderson, who's one of their experts at the Heritage Foundation. Oh, there's a two-year-old has made his way into the room. Hi, Cyril. Hi. Hi. You're especially sweet and cute today. Oh, okay. Um, the Heritage Foundation. They've actually they're reporting on this study. It's the. Uh, American Journal of Psychiatry published a paper titled Reduction of Mental Health Treatment Utilization Amongst Transgender Individuals After Gender-Affirming Surgeries, a total population study. The paper claimed that after having had uh, sex reassignment surgeries, a patient was less less likely to need mental health treatment. Well, over the weekend, the editors of the journal and the authors of the paper issued a correction. In the words of the authors, the results demonstrated no advantage of surgery in relation to subsequent mood or anxiety disorder-related health care. Very interesting. Obviously, the... the, the uh, I, so the, the messenger, the Heritage, Heritage Foundation is more of a conservative foundation, but that's not their work there. That's the American Journal of Psychiatry. Going back on, you know, a study they had found. So the dog's in here, too. Okay, beat it. Go, go. I mean, go. Goodbye. That's a good girl, actually. That's Pepper. Um, so, and, and forgive me for this. So, this guy, Ryan Anderson from Heritage, talking about this study in the American Journal of Psychiatry, which is a the paper of record, I think, for, for the field. <clears throat> he, um, he jumped on a CBN broadcast. Now... Unfortunately, CBN is the Christian Broadcasting Network, or it's the 700 Club, essentially. I wish he was on another channel, and it's not because I'm not a Christian, and I have no problem with those folks. I'm sure they're very fine, but it's obviously they're, they got a different thing going on over there, uh, but... You could hear him elucidate what he found. Journal of Psychiatry says it got it wrong when it came to analyzing the numbers in a large study of transgender patients undergoing sex reassignment surgery. Last fall, the journal published the results of the study and found the surgeries improved patients' mental health. But this week, it corrected itself, saying a second look found no improvement. Here now to explain the significance of this is Dr. Ryan Anderson, the William E. Simon Senior Research Fellow in American Principles and Public Policy at the Heritage Foundation. And he's also the author of When Harry Met Sally, Responding to the Transgender Movement. Dr. Anderson, we have here a prestigious journal admitting that they published a piece that incorrectly analyzed the data. How does this happen? Well, we're all uh, fallen and we're all fallible. Um, so human error is a, uh, is a possibility here. But there's also the possibility that there was a, a preferred outcome uh, to the study. And so that they wanted the study to say a certain thing. 
Um, obviously, we don't know in this particular instance whether this was just an honest mistake or if this was, you know, motivated research, motivated reasoning to lead to a certain conclusion. But we can say that the media didn't report on one of the main findings of the original study, which was that hormonal transition showed no signs of improvement. Uh, they only reported on the original study where it said surgery transition showed signs of improvement. And now that claim has been retracted. The topic is incredibly sensitive and controversial. You talked a little bit about this. Uh, do you think some statisticians just did sloppy work or was there an agenda at play among the researchers and journal editors? Elaborate a little bit more on that. What do you think? An agenda or just sloppy work? What's your gut telling you? He just well, actually I mean, answered it's that. It's hard to know. Uh, it's hard to tell on any. He just answered that question, to be honest. You know, we, um, CBN guy. But let's listen. Ryan Anderson from Heritage answered again. Particular instance, I don't know these two researchers. I don't know the editors of the journal uh, personally. So, you know, I can't speak to, to motive in this particular case. I can say based upon the way that the media celebrated the study, the way that it was then used in social media, uh, the way that it's been used to try to say that anyone with a dissenting viewpoint is against science, anti-science, wrong side of history, does show that the cultural moment in which we're living wants to suggest that there's only one allowed conclusion to this question. And the only allowed conclusion is that transition is the uh, best uh, solution. What the biggest data set now shows, and that's what this study uh, uses, the biggest data set now shows that there's no benefits, uh, psychological benefits to patients of hormonal and surgical transition. That's freaking big. <clears throat> It's, if that is if that is affirmed, that is huge, and geez, th then that opens that front up for a big, big battle. That goes to we had Abigail Shire on a, a few weeks ago. I suggest you listen to it, listen to our interview with her, and um, and that's essentially what she was saying in that for young women that the the treatments w w didn't help them. And unfortunately, some of the treatments are permanent, and so it shaped their lives forever. But that is, it's going to be very interesting. It's a daring thing to talk about. You're not allowed to talk about this at all. But now, I mean, with this, with this cultural civil war, my, uh, just my camera alarm went off, which means either, which means a child is probably missing. Okay, six, five, okay. Hang on, let me just see which one that is. The one who's, who can handle himself is outside. And let's see. Hold on. Just give me a second. And here's a new one. Oh, damn. That one can't. Hang on. Hey, James. Uh, can you? Cyril just went outside. Can you go get him, please? Thank you. The older kids are really good these days. So I'll monitor this um, situation. We always have kids escaping. Kids or dogs escaping. We're not. We live. It's They go to the yard. So... Don't worry about it. You don't have to call anybody. We're okay. But the kid's mother is not home right now. So the 10-year-old and... All right, there's more action. I, I, I can see the other child in pursuit. The 10-year-old is in the 8-year-old are responsible for rounding up the 4-year-old and 2-year-old. But you didn't ask for this information, information, did you? So anyway, this this transgender stuff and whatever... We'll, we'll, so we'll, just, we'll just see. It's I think it is good that people feel 
free and and you know not threatened enough to come out with studies that are based on data. I think it's good that people like Abigail Shire write books like she wrote if she if she sourced you know and and used data to write the book then it's a discussion we should have we shouldn't be bullied by some some odd you know uh, the demographic of these um of these uh, cancer culture uh you know ninjas who manage to shut everybody up in the dead of night if they if they um if they even have any diversity of thought on this subject and you we know you know i go on jerry callahan I, they they went after activists went after jerry and, and essentially rid him in boston of their morning show with jerry callahan and kirk minahan because they had critical statements on this subject well i mean the critical statement civil war is on right now and happening around the country as as things have just gone crazy and let's see Nobody wants anybody to be harmed. We just want to have some intellectual honesty. Okay? I remember... I don't... I, don't, I said something one time on social media, something like... Um, somebody said... Somebody said that, like, uh, getting AIDS was, like, exclusively something that happened to women and lesbians. Like something ridiculous, and I said, "Could that be right?" And I looked it up, and I said, "Then I saw that no, that wasn't right. I mean, both sexes get it." And I put the the statement up there. I said, "No, no." The, according to the probably at that point World Health Organization, you know, men are this whatever, and women are this man. And the re the response to me was, "Don't hate in this loud gift thing." H number eight, because that's how you have to do it, and. I thought, wow, that's an interesting response to just a piece of just a, a friendly correction on some some data. But they're not there to talk. These activists are not, if for whatever cause, they aren't there to have a conversation. They're not there to learn. They're there so you can listen and shut up. That is it, and that is a problem, and we see it playing out. But all right, so my favorite guys here, Chris Cuomo, Chris Cuomo. These two, Chris Cuomo had on these two guys in New Jersey who own a gym. It's the Attilus gym owners, Ian Smith, who's not all that interesting, and Frank Trumbetti. Frank is my guy. So they've had a standoff with the government there because the government wants to close them for COVID, and they keep going back in, and the cops keep uh, finding them and then arrest them, and they just knocked, and they boarded the place up, and they, these two uh, dudes, muscle-bound dudes, knocked the door doors down and reopened the gym. And they're excellent. But my guy, Frank Trombetti, the, the chemistry he has with Cuomo here is very interesting. And I very much, very much uh, enjoy him. So, oh, so I should set this up. Cuomo's, so Cuomo's talking to him for a while. They're telling about all the precautions they're taking to make the place COVID safe, etc. And just infecting and this and that. And it's very, it's long, long, long. And it's, and it's very detailed. These guys know their stuff. So now Cuomo comes back at them and says, okay, what if, you know, the muscle-bound Chris Cuomo knocked on your door and I had COVID? What happens then? Um, How do you keep somebody from being sick? Uh, so I come in, I'm sick. Uh, and look, everybody knows that I'm a fitness guy and I have a lot of friends who are in the gym business and a lot of people are in this kind of pain. 
uh, and I understand it, and I feel a, sorry for it. You would not be allowed in. When, it, when you go to a Home Depot, you go to a Lowe's, you go to a liquor store, they don't do anything but make you require masks and stay six feet apart from each other. Right. When you come into our gym, you actually stand in front of a biometric scanner that takes your temperature. You take a disinfected pen. You fill out a health questionnaire, just like you would at a doctor's office. You take that pen, and you put it in a dirty bin so we can actually disinfect it. You're handled a bo- handed a bottle of a disinfectant that is actually from Ecolab that it actually is proven to actually kill the coronavirus in 45 seconds when it's diluted at four ounces per gallon. We actually have an air scrubber in here, which is an auto. It's a mobile decontamination unit that actually circulates approximately 10,000 cubic feet of air per minute through a UV light run by hydroxyl generators. It provides 99.9% Frank is rolling uh, right now. Chemical free and virus free air. They actually, their science says that the masks don't work. Plain and simple. It is a safe place to be. It is not a confined space. We actually have 25 foot ceilings in our gym. They have actually taken all gyms and they've actually considered them as one. They are not all equal. I agree. Well, the state says that too, Frank. The the state uh, says that too. Look, I don't agree with you about masks, but that's that's not what we're talking about here. Um, They say, well, no, that's not right. We've allowed outdoor drills. Um, we're allowing one-on-one indoor martial arts in, uh, we're allowing yoga instruction and we'll allow you to do whatever you want outside as long as you can follow certain rules. Why is that not good enough? Our governor, our governor has allowed outdoor fighting. You can actually full contact fight outside. I can punch you into something. You, you're an athlete. You actually are one of the tough guys out there. Damn right he is. Chris Cuomo. If, if we're actually sparring outside and I punch you in the stomach and I knock your mouthpiece out, you're going to spit in my face. But Governor Murphy says that you can't get COVID that way but because it's outside. But somehow, but somehow walking into a facility that's, that's highly regulated, that has a 15-point safety protocol that goes above and beyond what any business in the state of New Jersey, and I would argue any business in the country has done so far, you can't get – you can get – I don't know. You got to hear more from Frank. The state of New Jersey has not updated any of their deaths in long term care facilities since they disassembled that on June 24th. Frank, I think Look it's it a. Up. That's the fact. I'm Frank. I am not questioning your numbers. numbers guy. That's the fact. Frank, I'm not <laughs> questioning the bottom line. Hold on a second. Chris. Guys, I, I hear you. We are being blamed. I hear you about it, but no, I'm not blaming you just the way that you're suggesting. Let me just let me just no, balance not, it. No, not you. I'm talking, not you. I'm talking about we're, we're being villainized as small businesses in general that we're responsible for this spread. But over 50 percent of the deaths are coming from places that are supposed to be I, under governors. I understand, and there's no question, Frank. Frank, give me a chance. Give me a chance, Frank. Frank. We have had 15,009 visits to our facility. Zero positive cases nobody six frank is not giving you a chance chris that that's 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 not going to happen this is um frank is a a raging bull if you will rapid you you just said something about the rapid test yeah i will have 250 rapid tests available to be administered by a nurse on thursday rapid tests are great i don't know i I don't know know. i feel like i'm in the back of the house of an italian restaurant and the line chef is uh, arguing with the cook and even though, obviously, the oldest and the most fragile will die the most in a situation like this, it doesn't mean you did it the right way. The only thing so I would caution Trump. you about. You're knocking Trump because of the total numbers. I'm not you knocking, knocking, I'm not, Trump, I'm because knocking Trump because he's not doing. 53.3% of the Frank. deaths. 53.3% Frank. of the deaths. From 0.6% of the population. Frank. Bottom line, that's a f- stat that Whoa. nobody's talking about. Frank. 
Watch your watch your mouth oh, on television. But sorry, sir. Don't sorry. worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Frank. Oh man, these guys are these guys are excellent and they're bonding and I love it. And there's something. Like, wait, oh, this is Frank knows the magic words, but I'm not. I am not stereotyping. I've known a lot of Italians and I've got a lot of Italian friends, and there's there are a couple of things I have noticed that they have in common. This is Italian men. My contemporaries are Italian. They love their mothers. They have an excellent intact self-esteem about them, themselves. They believe that their mother's gravy is the best gravy on the face of the earth. And they'll say it to your face or another Italian's face, regardless of his mother. No. But then he'll shoot back, and so he'll his mother's is the best. It's not a it's not a vortex you want to get yourself into. But uh, Frank goes there. All I'll say, Ian, I don't think death is the right metric because it's about look. Obviously, death matters most, right? We're human Cases beings. aren't the right metric. No, no. What is death. the right metric? Oh, Healthy people Frank, are not dying. Frank, death. Healthy well, that's people not true. are not dying. That's that's not true. I but, lost my mother from this. Well, I, and I'm very. I lost my mother. I'm very. From this. The hell's going on with this segment? Somebody's mother died in this segment. Sheesh. And of course, Cuomo understands that. Sorry she died for in that. the hospital. I'm very You're sorry. You're barking up the wrong tree. I'm not barking up any tree. My mother got it in the hospital. <laughs> Frank. My mother got it in the hospital where they're supposed to protect. I'm very sorry okay. about that. So and I'm sorry told, she got it. I'm sorry she succumbed to it. But it ju- I'm not attacking you for it. I'm saying that death isn't the only way to measure the risk. I'm very sorry about you losing your mother, Frank. And, you know, I'm sure you can understand that. I'm. He's sorry, Frank. Let the guy talk for a second. Jesus. But you're also okay, allowing yourselves is, to be a little politicized on this, Frank. I didn't mention I didn't mention the president. Political. That has nothing the, to do with I the president. I am the least political person you ever You, you brought it up in this interview, and it had no life. place in it. So that wasn't on me. That's on you, Frank. I'm just saying be careful, because if you get seen as a political actor, then you're going to get treated as a political combatant. And it, I don't know that you it, want And that's that. okay, hey, Chris. Chris, that's okay with me because the people that have known me from my entire life, I'm 51 years old, know that I never had a political bone in my body. I couldn't give two craps about politics. I thought blue states were, were bordered by water and red states weren't. That's simple. Okay, <laughs> bottom line is. <laughs> How good is Frank and the other guy? What Frank said, no, what Cuomo said, Frank, you got to think about this. Got to do. It reminded me of Paul Sorvino and Goodfellas. I love that. I'm sorry. Frank should be the co-host of that show. And it wouldn't help, you know, that side of Cuomo and, uh, you know, that side of Cuomo is much more interesting than the Cuomo who, you know, just tries to massage, essentially, Don Lemon during the long crossover and Don wants no part of it. We need more of this Cuomo. Oh, punk ass from the right call me Fredo. My name is Chris Cuomo. I'm an anchor on CNN. Oh, you're much- Fredo is from the Godfather. He was a weak brother. Isn't that your And they use it as an Italian aspersion. Any of you Italian? Are you Italian? It's a fucking insult to your people. It's an insult to your fucking people. It's like the N-word for us. Is that a cool thing? You're a much more reasonable guy in person than you see me on television. Sarcasm. If you want to play, then we'll fucking play. You're going to have a big fucking problem. You're going to have a fucking problem. What? What are you going to do about it? I'll ruin you. I'll throw you down these stairs like a Damn right, and Frank's got his back too. All right, punk. Hey, um, I gotta go find my kid, uh, kids now, because nobody has returned. So I assume they're all right here. I will have some sign of life uh, 
I'll put in the notes if uh, if I'm so fortunate. All right, thanks for all your uh, thanks for listening, and uh, do leave a five star review if possible, and and uh, send me an email or whatever you'd like to do. I appreciate it, everybody. We'll see you. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.